Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to 3C Amplified. I'm your host, Jacqueline Destrumps, and twice a month I'm here to highlight the businesses, nonprofits, and individuals collaborating to amplify their impact in the community. This series is sponsored by Another Hand Advantage, where I create marketing strategies for community-minded small businesses and nonprofits and take the overwhelm out of bringing awareness to your brand. Let's get started with today's show, very first show of 2019. I'm so excited. Um, joining me in the studio today, I have Anne-Marie MacArthur, CEO of About Care, and Brandon Pickett and Chris Aird of With Purpose. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Um, just really excited to have you all here for, um, for the first show of the year. And just really talking about, um, and obviously we'll get into this when you guys do your introductions, but when I was coming up with today's show and the guests I was going to have on the show and, and kind of reading backgrounds, I was just really noticed the synergy between the two, um, the two companies, which by the way, for anybody listening, Brandon and Chris are with the same company. Um, they've never met Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie's never met them. But when you hear about what their two companies and, and the nonprofit are doing, you'll get what I mean here. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, Anne-Marie, why don't you go ahead and um, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about About Care. Yes, um, I'm Anne-Marie MacArthur. I'm the CEO of About Care. About Care was created in 2006 to help uh, the people in Chandler that were elderly and disabled live in their own homes as long as possible. Um, it makes a huge impact on their life. We help them meet their basic needs, re- reduce isolation, and then, you know, remain independent in their homes. Uh, we have expanded into Gilbert and Queen Creek and potentially Tempe in the near, very near future. We have over 500 clients. 84% are women, uh, very low income. What happens is people move out here from somewhere else. Their spouse dies. Sorry, men go first. Um, <laughs> typically. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but so they don't have a support system. They yeah. don't have family. Or they don't know their neighbors. And so we fill that gap and help them remain independent in their homes, live longer, and avoid the high cost of assisted living. Mm-hmm. Great. And we'll definitely get into, you know, more of what, what that's all about and what that looks like. Um, but uh, who wants to go first over here? Oh, they're both pointing at one another. Um, Chris, did you want to go first? Why don't you tell us a little bit about, about you know, your, your company and kind of how that started and how you got started with Purpose? Well, again, thanks for having us today. Yeah. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And again, my name is Chris and I am the owner slash president of With Purpose. We are a business and leadership consulting company. And what we do is we help businesses thrive. We help um, businesses, whether they're starting or whether they've been in business for 20 plus years, build upon the foundational principles that businesses need, help them adjust to the changing world that is around us all, as well as um, equip, empower, and educate their staff members, whether it's the C-suite level people or it's the janitor. We want people to find their purpose, to live that, and to work mm-hmm. through that as well. And so the reason that this that I created this was... In a sense, it's a calling for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I marry uh, the 27 plus years of experience that I have along with a master's degree in organizational leadership with all that experience. And I continue to read and develop myself so that I'm developing our clients as well. And Brandon? And I am thankful enough to have met and known Chris for over three years. Mm-hmm. And you know the vision that he wanted for With Purpose and what he's trying to do to get out to uh, the community and businesses, again, small and large, to help them realize their potential and then help them get there both professionally and personally is just something that um, I dreamt of being something uh, something like that and mm-hmm. being a part of that to help, again, businesses and people grow. Right. Definitely. And so um, that's, you know, when I, again, when I was looking at having the you two on uh, on the show today, I think some of the things that kind of jumped off the page for me, especially when I was writing up, reading through your bios and writing up is really just empowering. The word empowering kept coming up to me, you know, with Anne-Marie and about care, empowering those who are disabled and elderly to be able to live on their own and maybe not lose that independence. And then with um, Brandon and Chris, with you guys empowering, you know, like you said, individuals at the businesses and in, in the turn, you know, empowering the, those businesses 
businesses themselves um, to do greater things in the community. So anyway, so that's kind of how I tied that together, at least in my brain. And um, so looking forward to, you know, basically today, just getting to know you guys's the purposes behind what you do. And then also, obviously, talking to the audience about what how they can be a part of that as well. So Anne-Marie, let's go back to something you had said about about care. <laughs> I know, I'm going to be doing that a lot annoying, today. <laughs> well, and I did it with them too. I said with with purpose. <laughs> um, let's get, so with about care. What really drew you to the organization? Because how long have you been with about care? Ten years. Okay, ten years. Yeah. Um, and kind of what grew, drew you to about care and what they were doing? Well, I've actually lived in Chandler for 37 years, mm-hmm. and I love the area and the and I've had my children here, raised them here. So after I retired from the state of Arizona, I was looking for a purposeful job. And I was the executive director of the Mental Health Association for a number of years. But then this position came open and it's a perfect fit for me. It's uh, I was I was lucky enough to help my parents pass Mm -hmm. and I was here with them to help them. But a lot of people don't have that. And so all I could think of, this was a a gift on my parents. You Mm -hmm. know, let's let's help other people have that same dignity and respect. Mm -hmm. And I love Chandler and I love the Southeast Valley. So Mm -hmm. it was just a perfect fit for me. And expanding. Right. The organization is expanding. And I and that's really great. I had uh, saga in last uh, fall, um, senior advocacy group of Awatuki um, last fall. And, you know, they're doing uh, similar work over in Awatuki. And it's just, it's great to hear. I know organizations doing the same thing in Tempe. So it's great to hear expansion. Well, we actually collaborate with <laughs> the organization Y Opus okay. in Awatuki. Yep. And then the organization Nearbies Who Care in Sun Lakes, Mm -hmm. we have a coalition that we've formed to help people who are being discharged from hospitals to reduce readmission. So Mm -hmm. we work together with them and that's a great organization. Oh yeah, definitely. And just, um, I guess one of the things that really struck me, especially when I had, um, when I had Saga in here and they also did talk about Yopus as well, is one of the things that struck me is that feeling of isolation you know, as you mentioned, and afterwards, I actually even went home and sat in my own home and and thought to myself, you know, if my husband was out of town and something was to happen to me, like none of my neighbors come and check on me, and I don't ever go check on my neighbors either. Well, what <laughs> you if know? you can't drive? And right? You, how right. are you getting your groceries? Yep, exactly. Or your medication, but isolation leads to so many health issues, mm-hmm. especially depression. But then also, it could have you could have falls. So we try to have our volunteers watch out for that. And then we can go in and do some fall prevention because that's leading cause of death for elderly people. Right, right. So that's how your services are delivered then. So we'll get into that a little bit. Yeah. So volunteers, I mean, that's who you have going out into the community and working with these adults that are living home alone, checking in on them and it's all volunteer yeah. driven. So we're always looking for volunteers, (laughs) but we train them, we ensure them. So when they're out in the community, when we do a client intake, we make sure it's a safe environment for our volunteers so they're they're not in jeopardy. I mean, on one occasion, we had a little dog nip somebody, but, mm-hmm. you know, then we can solve that issue, put the dog in another room or put it outside. But, you know, so we really have to go in the home to do the client intake, mm-hmm. not only to see that it's a safe environment, but also that um, what needs can we give you? Like right. if we notice you have no food, mm-hmm. maybe we could encourage you to let us go grocery shopping for you or take you grocery shopping. Uh, can I tell a quick story? Of course. So the volunteers, it's all based on what they want to do. Right. They can volunteer one hour a year or every week, whatever, and they get to pick and choose. Our schedule goes out on a weekly, ba- a daily basis. Well, we had this one woman who was very isolated. So the grocery shopping was her big deal for the week. So she got a volunteer to take her, but then she wanted to spend four hours in the oh, grocery gosh. store. <laughs> so now that was a little more than the volunteer had signed up for. But what we found was certain grocery stores, stores all we have to do is tell them and they will take her around oh, and help her. Yeah. So then the volunteer just dropped her off and picked her up. Yeah. So kind of that was just, you know, she wasn't about to spend four hours grocery <laughs> store, you know, but it's a very social thing. Right, so right. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then um, she talked a little bit kind of about that intake process and what that assessment looked like. What does it look like then when a business or nonprofit wants to come and work with you guys? How do you, I, I don't know, how do they know it's it's right for them at that time? How do they or how do you know that it's a good fit for you guys? What does that process look like for with purpose? Yeah. And so 
we'll want to always set up an initial, maybe a discovery meeting. Mm -hmm. We want to get with them um, to talk about what they're wanting, what their business is, to get to know them on a personal level. So we really, truly um, can help them in the direction they want to go Mm -hmm. Um, uh, with purpose as a, a heart for people and a mind for business where we can't. I, I I don't think we can help someone if we don't know who they are and really value them as a person on a personal level so we can help them achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. That is part of the process. That's the inductory process, if you will. And um, from there, we find out um, really what their, their strategic vision plan is, mm-hmm. if you will. And a lot of the times we get businesses um, that want to grow, but they don't know how to grow. A lot of business owners today don't have a 10-year strategic plan. Mm-hmm. They they start something because they're passionate about it and they miss out on the foundational business principles. And so we come alongside as as Brandon Sheridan and we are we're very relational. In fact, some of our counterparts in the business consulting world will do phone calls. Uh, we go visit. Mm-hmm. We're at the people's um, business site because we want to be interactive with them um, to verify not only what they're looking for, but other ways in which we can help them out. Right. And going back to growth too, because I, I get that a lot when I'm talking with an uh, organization and I'm asking them, you know, oh, well, what are your marketing goals? And Oh, I want to grow this year or I want to make more money this year. And I'm like, okay, well, let's let's drill that down. And what does that look like to you? Because I find sometimes too, it, um, there, it there's a lot of that comparison. Like, oh, well, I see these other organizations or people on social media or whatever, and they're saying, they're talking about all oh, their amazing growth and that's what I want. But what exactly does that what does that look like for you? Right. You know, and you need to find that in each. It's something different for everyone, and it de- and it really is dependent on what that is to know where you're going to go with that. Absolutely, and it's and it's hard to see as well when mm-hmm. you work in your business all day long, every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you can't see what's right in front of you because you're so inundated with the day to day in and outs of everything. And right. so having that outside perspective of what you could be missing can just make all the mm-hmm. difference in the world. Yeah. I imagine with the volunteers going in and working with the um, with the people in their homes, it's kind of the same concept. You know, if they were just there on a day, uh, the person living there just lived out their day and never really had anybody coming in and interacting with them. And it's hard to see, you know, where, you know, what they might be going. Maybe their vision's going, their hearing's going, maybe their, you know, mental capacity is going. It's, right. And the volunteers are our eyes and ears yep. to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they they tell us, like, unfortunately, we have this 95-year-old woman. And this morning, we had to make the decision that maybe we call her family, that she's living alone in this huge house. But but that's the only thing she has is mm-hmm. this house. And we she's been lucky. She has two regular volunteers that take care of her, but her eyesight's gone and her mental capacity is really diminishing. So this is not a safe environment for right. anyone. And I can't have the liability on my volunteers. But thankfully, they call and tell us that, mm-hmm. you know. And she has been a client with us from the beginning. So, you know, that's 12 years. Oh, wow. So, you know, almost 13 that she's been able to remain in her home mm-hmm. where she may not have been able to. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. But you're right. The volunteers have that yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. With your with your clients who may need, uh, whether it's mental health help or nutrition, do you guys help find referrals for them so they can Absolutely. get Absolutely. That yeah, that's part of our services. If we can't do it, we'll find someone who can. Mm-hmm. And we work closely with the, the fire departments and police departments if we need a wellness check. We also have a volunteer who's a psychiatric nurse. So when we have questions about mental capacity, we send her in to do a... a just an overview of what's going on because we want everyone to be safe. We don't want anyone, you know, to harm themselves or someone else. Right. Yeah. What are some of the things you mentioned the grocery shopping, but what are some of the other things that volunteers do for the clients? The primary one is transportation to medical appointments. Um, You know, I don't know. How would you get to chemotherapy three days a week or four days a week? You know, how would you get there when you're, you know, you want to get better. But thankfully, we have volunteers that will do that. We do minor home repairs mm-hmm. if they can't change a light bulb or a filter, things you take for granted. Right. But they can't get up on that mm-hmm. stool or something like that. And the volunteers get to pick and choose, as I said. So sometimes it may be they're cleaning out their garage 
Mm-hmm. Or we have this one gentleman who's an ex-Marine, ex-police officer, and he's paralyzed from the neck down. We taught him how to use a computer. We gave him a computer. We maintained the computer. He started his own travel agency out oh, of his wow. house. Wow. <laughs> and then we find out, because we have the volunteers give us their hours and miles they drive and things like that. Well, we found out a volunteer had been going over once a week to pick up dog poop for him. Now, <laughs> now we don't have that listed as one of our services. But, I mean, it was just they do go above and beyond. So it's it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, and what does that training look like then for the volunteers? Because I'm just looking at um, just things that I've done in the past where I've volunteered for organizations and um, you're told you're going to do one thing and it turns into something else. But it seems like in this, especially this example, you know, it just so happened that you had a volunteer that that's that was OK with them. Like yeah. you said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, and um, there are other services. Mm. We have friendly visits for people who just want someone to come in and maybe play cards or talk to. Right. And then we have reassurance phone calls. Uh, there's this one woman who has these cats and she's very concerned about her cats. So she called us and she wanted a plan for the cats because she thought she was dying. Mm. Well, seven years later, she's still calling in <laughs> once a week. Cats are fine, yeah. you know, but I mean, so she, you know, we do it either way. They can call us. We call them volunteer some volunteers don't like to drive with people because you know it's somewhat of a liability even though we have the insurance but you know they just want to call people how are you today did you take your medicine you know you know have you done this or that and you know they have a nice phone conversation so those things are kind of important right so yeah what when you guys are looking at organizations and things that you're working with i know you said you work with you know small businesses, larger businesses, some that have just started out, some that have been in business for a long time. Are, is there any one thing that you, um, I guess, is there any sort of like baseline for anyone that you kind of start at, whereas finding out is it if this is a good fit for them as far as working with you guys? <laughs> are you talking about from like the inception point? Right. Yeah. Okay. First of all, they've got to be open. Mm-hmm. They've got to be open. Um, There's a lot of people that profess that they want to see things happen, but they don't want to put the work into it, let alone that the possible change that might take place. And so we never tell people what to do in their business. They're working in their business. We help them work on their business. And Mm so we come with the mindset of asking questions, dive in deeper with them to if we sense that a particular thread of conversation is taking place in one avenue, we can ask questions that are along that avenue that get us the answers that we need to get, or at least that direction that they're looking for, even though they may not be able to articulate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really the starting point is, are you open for the change? Are you open to kind of be adaptable within your own business or your own personal life? to see some of this, what you want down the road, actually come to fruition. Mm -hmm. What would you say is, I guess, the difference between, say, like a business consultant versus like a business coach? Do you see a a difference there? What do you you see on that? So even in the business consulting industry, people recognize that there's a tad bit of a difference Mm -hmm. between a coach and a consultant. And a lot of the times... And just in basic summary, because people are going to argue and they're going to agree <laughs> and they're going to say this is one side versus another. A lot of the times a coach typically just has a certification where mm-hmm. a consultant has the degree along with the experience. Also, one of the things that business coaches tend to, to focus on are more of the personal aspects of, of that individual mm-hmm. where the consultant is more of the organizational piece. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. I think even... I, would imagine everyone could at least agree on that much of it. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys have worked with nonprofits as well, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we have. Like with what what have you done with nonprofit organizations? Is it like board development or yeah, exactly yeah. that. Worked with uh, uh food banks in regards to board development. So helping their board grow, find their direction, find the purpose, vision, mission of what they're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Um is uh, even though uh, some of these uh, nonprofits have been in a good place and they're doing well. Uh, maybe they've hit a plateau and they don't know how to go and take the next step with their business moving forward. Um, and so, and the board is crucial to that. It's crucial to have right. them out there in the community talking about what this great vision is of this company um, to help everyone else realize it too. Because mm-hmm. a certain area knows about it, but how about we have more people know about it so we can help them grow um, even more than they already are. Right. I would add, if I could, um, also is uh, Jim Collins writes in his book, Good to Great, 
um, about nonprofit management. Mm-hmm. He talks about getting the right people on the right bus, sitting in the right seat. Mm-hmm. That is so important. Right. A lot of nonprofits, um, because they need to satisfy board requirements, they'll just put warm bodies in and then nothing gets done. Right. Um, and a lot of nonprofit organizations out there are amazing. And sometimes, as, as Brandon just said, they've hit that plateau and we maybe need to remove somebody off the board, but how do we know we need to remove someone off? And so um, we like to work with them. Uh, we have various assessments that we can provide as well as just some training modules and that type of thing over a time that is determined by the nonprofit um, to make sure that they're advancing the way in which um, they need to advance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I can imagine um, just from some of the boards that I've been on or even just some organizations that I've worked with that, you know, just seeing what the board was doing, um, it's, I guess, uh, it's one of those things, like you said, you have certain seats that you need to fill. And a lot of times it's it's much easier if you just have somebody coming to you saying, oh, I'll be on your board rather than actually doing the work to find what's a good fit for you. And so a lot of times, you know, great intentions, you know, people with really great intentions, but there's a lot more work that goes into being on a nonprofit board than just, you know, coming to a meeting or (laughs) (laughs) showing, I mean, there's the fundraising aspects of it and and that kind of thing. And it's a commitment. Right. It's a commitment to help, help that business grow to where it can be for whatever their purpose and their causes. Yeah. I imagine you probably have a really active board at About Care. Actually, uh, we've just gone through this process that they're talking about. Um, The Piper Charitable Trust has a good governance grant that we have utilized that helped us with our governance. And you're right. Some members shouldn't be on the board because they're really not participating. But it's their sphere of influence that really will affect that organization through fundraising Mm -hmm. and just getting the word out, all those things. So it is really important what you're doing because you can't govern without a board of directors. You know, you need to have them in place and looking over you and saying, you need to go in this direction. Mm -hmm. And um, if, Without people like you, they wouldn't know that they're not doing it correctly. Like, oh, the CEO will just do it. (laughs) Trust me, I had that. So we just lost a number of board members and we have some new ones on. Uh And it's really been helpful because their experience and the work ethic, you know, they bring something else into it. Right. You know, so it's been really great transformation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And transformation, I think, is a great word for it because it's, it pushes people out of that comfort zone of we've just done it this way and we're, things are going fine. And so we'll just keep doing it this way. And, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets to a point where, you know, you get stagnant and you wonder, gosh, why, is it, why, is, why aren't we growing? Why aren't we moving forward? Why aren't we expanding? Why is our mission getting lost out there? And then you right. realize, oh, it's because we've Kind of been sitting back in our little <laughs> comfort zone here of thinking, oh, everything's fine and everything's great. And yeah. <laughs> do you do do you help with strategic planning as well for nonprofits? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I'll call you. In fact, <laughs> in, in Emery, fact, we have um, a couple clients right now that we're we're going through that process of. And um, it's even after the first meeting, um, there were board members that came up and was like, Oh my gosh, we had no idea. And then they went to the the executive director and said, we're sorry. And we, we know that we need to get our act together and we're on board to make sure that these things happen. Yeah, that's that's I'm struggling with that issue right now. So so I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> what does that look like, I guess, um, when an organization, do they come to you and say, we know we need a strategic plan or... How does that, or do you feel like you're more often than not telling them we think you need this strategic plan? Or again, they may have the idea they right. need something. They need something. They, they need just something. don't know what it is. They yet. just may not. <laughs> they may not know right, what right. it is, and and that's where the process of really looking and asking questions mm-hmm. versus telling someone what they need is going to be much more beneficial for any business to come up with that idea, that thought, kind of through their own thought processes mm-hmm. versus us telling them what they should be doing. Because there'd be more buy-in, more buy-in, more belief to do that. And where else we help along with that process in talking with them and asking questions is the accountability piece as well. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, To be open to that accountability. And that's where that, again, that initial meeting conversations and talking about accountability and how open they are to that is really going to be an important part of that process too. And then with Amory, when you were talking about... um board development, but you're also talking about other volunteer opportunities um, with the organization. What types of, you know, obviously there's the in-home 
support part of it. Are there other opportunities for people like if businesses or individuals that want to give back or be a part of your organization? Yeah. And I kind of skipped over your question about training and I apologize oh, for that. So okay. <laughs> um, what happens is I'm trying to be out in the community to get volunteers because mm-hmm. they're our lifeblood. And so when somebody calls, we have the lovely volunteer manager, Beth, will call you immediately back and get you in our office (laughs) within 24 hours because you don't want them to wander away. There's always kids and puppies that look really cute out there. (laughs) I'm trying to sell these people. (laughs) So Beth will get you in the office. She does one-on-one training. Oh, okay. Um, And with the huge emphasis that this is up to you, whatever you'd like to do. You know, we have a variety of services. And what happens is, so when a client calls us, we schedule the service and we send like a couple weeks out and then the volunteer goes on their computer and they go, oh, you know, I don't have to work on Saturday. I can take Betty grocery shopping. And so then they just click it and it's scheduled. They call the client, arrange a pickup. But one of the things Beth does in training, besides tell them this is all up to you, however you want to do it, you can say no Mm -hmm. because one service will become three. Like, you know, because this is their big outing. So could you take me to the doctor's? Oh, I need to pick up my prescription. Oh, can we go to the grocery store? (laughs) So we have to emphasize because the volunteers giving up their time, their mileage, their car, you know, and they have a life, too. So we really honor our volunteers. But they have to have the ability to say no. Say no. How about we reschedule for tomorrow? I'll take you to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Things like that. And a lot of times what happens with the volunteers is they come connected with people. Um, So we look for any volunteer. Most of our volunteers work somewhat. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we have some retired people that don't work, but we have families. Um, On the front of our brochure is an elderly woman with a younger family. This, uh, the young woman wanted to find a grandmother for her children Mm because their grandmother didn't live in the area. They adopted this woman, invited her for holidays. They became, you know, so she had a regular volunteer. So that's really great when they connect like that, you know, so, and, but it's heartbreaking sometimes at the end. We have one volunteer who has five ladies. Mm. Unfortunately, she lost a couple of them in the past couple months. Mm But they got to remain in their homes until the very end. So with her help, you know, even though it's sad, I mean, they were in their 90s, which was, you know, and some of them had been with us from the beginning. So, I mean, it's really nice when they make that connection and they get to pick and choose. But, yeah, we can take anyone over 18. Okay. But if you want your family, then it just has to be an adult. Right, right. Oh, that's great, though, that it is something that a family can be a part of. Because I know that there's a lot of organizations out there. It's very, you know, even if they were with an adult, they still can't have their kids volunteer with them. And it's just a a great way to show, you know, show your children exactly. ways of giving back. And, right. Show mm-hmm. them that this is how you live your life, right. giving back to your community. And it just becomes a normal part of what they do. It's not, you know, this special event or anything that they're doing. It just becomes a normal part of their life that that's what they do. And think they what volunteer. they can learn from mm-hmm. these older people. I mean, you know, most of them are veterans or widows of veterans. They mm-hmm. can talk, you know, did you know about World War II or Korea or right. Vietnam? They can learn from them because they have a life story to tell. Right. Know? So, yeah. I mean, it's very exciting when families do it. Mm-hmm. Right. For you guys, what does it look like? Um, so you've gone through that initial assessment with that with that company. Kind of, what does it look like then from going from there with them? What kind of things can they expect? I know you have emphasized, you know, you really want them to be the kind of that driving force. But are, are there, you know, special nudges you give along the way to help them? <laughs> there, there are, and that's yeah. a great question. Because what happens under the accountability piece is that people are comfortable with what they know and what they're experiencing on a day-in, day-out basis, especially when it comes to their business. And so those special nudges, if you will, using your term, (laughs) um, are literally questions that will promote or provoke someone to think outside of the box. Mm -hmm. Just the other day, I was listening to a news article or a news story I was sharing with Brandon on the way in. People are cutting the cord when it comes to television. Mm Mm-hmm. And so what's this doing now for the consumer? Well, you've got, you've got the cable companies that are trying to figure out what to do. And now you have apps offered by various channels ranging from your top five uh, news to AMC and all of them. They're offering digital streaming services. Mm-hmm. So change is happening all the way around us. And in order for us to be successful, we want our clients 
to be successful. And so um, while they're in the driver's seat, if you will, we're there with them as well because we want to make sure that they're thinking outside the box. So it's it's going to be the questions. It's going to be, hey, I and I've done this with my clients. I've said to them, I want you to take a look at this news article. What out of this would be of benefit to you? Get them to think outside of their typical array of, if you will, of knowledge within their particular industry to Mm -hmm. see what another industry leader is doing or not doing. Right. That's really interesting, I guess, to think about it in a way. I mean, I guess in some respects, people will do that if especially, you know, you're on LinkedIn possibly and you're scrolling through and seeing some of the different news articles or other articles that are being posted out there. But looking at it from, like you said, looking at it from a different perspective of another industry um, can sometimes spark that idea within you like hey if it's working for them you know maybe this is there's some maybe there's something here that could work for for me or what it is that i'm doing as well right yeah so the other thing and and to answer that question is this is getting everybody else on the team Mm -hmm. involved so a lot of the times the way in which we work with the c-suite level group of people we're doing the same thing but on a different uh, platform mm-hmm. with all the rest of the employees so that as we're meeting with the, the top leadership and then the other portions of leadership, they're going to meet in the middle. They're all going to come with the same vision, the same strategy. They're just coming from a different perspective. And that's that's the cool thing about what we get to do is we get to see the light bulbs go on mm. almost every day, <laughs> um, almost during every conversation. And it's all it is is because people are no longer thinking in their day-to-day thing. They're thinking outside. If they're truly wanting to see their business grow, their people grow. And by the way, we firmly believe that. In order for your business to grow, you have to grow your people. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. And in doing all of that, then all of a sudden your client base becomes growth, right? Right. And so um, in doing that, it's got to be holistic. It's got to be all the way around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we kind of talked about that kind of in a joking way, setting intentions. Um, Anne-Marie's wearing green today because she said that, you know, (laughs) green is my new favorite color because, hey, guess what? You know, we've got some um, fundraising that we need to do. But same thing when you've got those um, employees and everybody is on that same page of and everyone's feeling empowered, going back to that word again, everybody's feeling empowered like they can make a difference in the com- in their company or in their organization or in their community, regardless of what it is that their job description or role says. Having that sense of empowerment really gives them that sense of um, I'm part of something bigger, being you know that company or that nonprofit or that community. And I, what I do can make a difference. So, you know, going back to, you mentioned, you know, whether it's be working with the janitor or working with the CEO, everybody has to kind of have that, that feeling. And that comes down from, like you said, that comes down from leadership and how, and how everybody is, is treated throughout the company. Case in point, Jacqueline, um, and this would be hopefully helpful to you as well, Amory. I just left a meeting before I got here where um, a nonprofit had reached out and they're doing the things that they know how to do, but not doing the things they know they should be doing. And so <laughs> yeah. one of the, one of the questions that I asked was, you know, you're, you're relying on, on dollars from the community or from local businesses or churches, whatever the case might be. Have you thought about doing a fundraiser? And her, her question to me was, or her answer to me was, no, but that's something I should be doing. How do I do that? <laughs> and I said, well, we've got a whole bunch of different ways in which we can fundraise. It doesn't always have to be a grant. It can be a nice dinner, a fundraising dinner that celebrates the success of the nonprofit or of that business. And so at that moment, again, the light bulb clicked on and she was like, okay, how do we do this? Mm-hmm. And so then that conversation carries on from there. Right. And I find a lot of times, you know, kind of going on that fundraising um, aspect of it, a lot of times people will, they think of fundraise and they think of, okay, that means I got to ask people for money and what does that look like? And they go, they go off of what it's looked like to them, like how they've been approached and they don't necessarily look at it as, this is how I've been approached about it in the past and I didn't really like it, but I gave them some money anyway, rather than thinking of how would I want to be approached and how can I create that exactly. experience and how does that work with my organization? Yep. You know, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's the biggest turnoff to be on a board of directors. Yeah, it's the fundraising they, they aspect. they don't want to ask. Right. I don't, I don't, I can't ask for money. I get that every time. I can't ask for money. I go, well, you can introduce me to someone that may 
be the person that mm-hmm. will ask Absolutely. or will give, you know? Right. So, but I like when you were talking earlier about the input from the janitor to the CEO, everybody wants to be heard. Yes. Everybody has a different perspective. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. And everybody has value. Right. Everybody has value. Everybody has value. And a lot of the times we don't see that because we take advantage of people within our own organizations, whether it's for-profit or non-profit. Right. And especially if they're working the day-to-day, you know, why isn't their voice heard? You know, I mean, they deserve that. Mm -hmm. So good for you. (laughs) And that is another, again, another part of what we do is help get in there and um, whether it's through conversation or assessments, help figure out how, how do people in your organization communicate? How do they need to be communicated to? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I may hear hear something with uh, blue earmuffs or pink earmuffs or and take something differently than someone else based on my perceptions and my experiences. So mm-hmm. how can we help you understand and train and, and realize how to better communicate to everyone else in your company? So again, bottom line, so you can grow yourself right. and your grow your business across the board. And Marie, can I offer you a suggestion? Sure. Hopefully you'll, this will, this will help. Um, I used to be an executive director for a worldwide nonprofit. One of the things that I did with my board was I brought on a couple of the people that we served whether it was for a food box or homeless. And we brought them on our board and allowed them to have a voice at that board meeting. We do that. We Good. have a mission Great. moment starts our board meeting. So if they can't make it, they give me their story and I give it to them. That's beautiful. But yeah. Good for you guys. That's yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to engage them while you're here. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Why are you here? No, and a lot of times it's a it's a uh, a reminder, you know, and sometimes it's that perspective too. And I imagine in with your organization, I mean, your clients all come from various different backgrounds and have different needs. And you know, somebody like you said wants the somebody to help them with grocery shopping, whereas somebody else he wants to start his own business and needs someone to help him with his computer. And hearing those different stories then can sometimes you know, reignite that passion for what you're doing. And maybe you're kind of getting in that slump of oh, another, you know, board meeting and, oh, what are we going to talk about this time? And, and, you know, and just in bringing it back into that perspective of why you're there. And- I'm just trying to make them cry. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're a really straight shooter there, Emery. You're like, I'm here to make money. I want to make you cry. No. <laughs> well, How can you imagine them- if it was your parent? Right. right. I mean, right. that's how I yeah. always started yeah. out. Yeah. They have no one and yeah. nothing. And you wouldn't treat them that way. Right. You would hope someone would treat them better. Mm-hmm. So. I was going to say too, just to going back to, you know, how getting perspective from your, your employees and how that can help build um, your organization. I imagine too, with about care, the number of volunteers you have coming from so many different backgrounds, the different perspectives that you must get from them as well, as far as, you know, improving services and. Absolutely. Yeah. We try to meet, we try to get together quarterly with the volunteers, not only to thank them, but how can we improve? What do you see we are doing? You know, are we not communicating with you well enough? Are we training you? Do you want ongoing training? Cause that's one of the things for my future that I'd like to do, you know, some mental wellness awareness, you know, mm-hmm. suicide awareness, yeah. uh, fall prevention, you know, if you notice anything, are they getting mean? You know, are they, you know, there's certain things that you can do. So we're going to do that besides thanking them and honoring them, but also hearing them. So that's right. what we're hoping to do mm-hmm. in the future. So. Yeah. And just Great. gives them that sense of, I'm not just here to clean up dog poop. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is we try to have volunteer recognition events. Right. They didn't want it. Yeah. yeah. They don't, that's not why they're volunteering. Right, right. So now it's just, can I take you to breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything we could do for you? Yeah. <laughs> and then we just bought the magnets for their cars. So it's kind of okay. like a free PR for us. Right, right. <laughs> and actually one woman was dropping somebody off for um, physical therapy. And this gentleman came up to her and she said, do you volunteer for about care? And, and she said, yes, I do. And he goes, thank you so much. Aww. Thank you so much. You helped my wife when she really needed it. And, I mean, so the volunteers in tears, you know, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but things like that. Right, right. Yeah, that's great. I know. Exciting. <laughs> you talked a little bit before kind of about, you know, what you bring to the table as far as like your experience and such. But how do you do you feel that's different maybe from what maybe some other business consultants out there? They're kind of doing. I, I truly believe what we do with what purpose is. 
much more on a personal level mm-hmm. than a, a traditional consultant. Um, again, spending that time in their office, um, getting to see their ins and outs when when we're meeting with them in their environment, what are they distracted by? What are they impacted by um, that takes the focus off of them? Um, not a phone call, but in-person meetings with them, focus the time on them so we can help them work on their business mm-hmm. um, and, and end it at the same time. And what does that time frame look like? You know, from like start to finish, is there a start and well, obviously there's a start, but is there a hard finish or is that something that again is comes about, you know, organically as you're working with them in that process? Um, I, I believe it comes back organically. Mm-hmm. There's no set time frame of, okay, Hey, we'll, we'll have you in and out and done and you'll be <laughs> in a good place in you know, one month we'll be yeah. ready to rock and roll and you'll be good. Um, it really, oftentimes we, we go in with having asking those questions and talking to them about what their needs are, what they're wanting to do or looking to do. Um, and we'll come up with a plan with that. And then while we're working through that, they find something else that they could benefit from mm-hmm. or um, improve upon. Right. And so it just grows naturally and organically um, through the entire process across the board. Yeah, that's right, Brandon. And Jacqueline, I would say to you too is this. Um, we typically offer a six-month contract up front. In fact, um, just recently within the past month and a half, I've seen an influx of people going, you know, is this a year-long process? Well, it can be, but first of all, it doesn't have to be. And it depends on how much time we're spending with them on a monthly basis. And second of all, it depends on what Brandon just said. How much more is there to um, the layers of the onion, if you will, right? And so we typically just offer upfront a six-month contract. We just say X amount of hours, how many other hours you guys think. Um, And then we do the six-month and we can reassess that um, as we get closer to that to make sure that either A, we can move forward together or B, have we gotten everything wrapped up or C, maybe we've not done our part, which mm-hmm. hasn't happened, um, <laughs> but we've not done our part and they need to find someone else. Mm-hmm. And so it, again, it doesn't feel like, I guess um, I'm just looking back at, you know, when you're working with say like a business coach or something, there is that kind of well, here's your, you know, this is what's going to happen in these three months. And then you start getting towards the end and possibly feeling anxious, like, oh, I didn't do enough. And our three months is coming up. And I don't know that I want to, you know, just working. I, f- I feel like what you were talking about there, just working on um, throughout that process, doing those reassessments and really checking in to see, you know, where is this going? Is this, you know, on track with where everybody thought we were going to be with it? And that's exactly right, because um, our intention and our goal is that we're only successful when the client is successful. Mm -hmm. And so um, we lay that out based upon our discovery meeting in the contract of what they can expect from us on these certain subjects or topics that they're looking to um, grow through or improve upon, that type of thing. Right. Yeah. Anne-Marie, we wanted to, I wanted to go back again to talking a little bit about volunteers. So, you know, I know you mentioned you can always use volunteers. Um, you mentioned, you know, families have volunteered together and that kind of thing, but really at the heart of it, kind of what are you, you know, what makes a really great volunteer for your program? Well, a volunteer to me is just someone who wants to give back to the community. You know, they may have had a teacher in their life that now they could see, oh, I could have helped her, you know, when she was in her 80s or 90s. Um, But somebody who just really has a heart and soul Mm -hmm. for their community. Um, I think that people aren't acknowledging the silver tsunami that's coming, you know, the baby boomers are all aging. You know, our organization's going to change. I'll probably call you twice because <laughs> right now our clients don't use computers. Yeah. They don't have apps, but that's changing, changing with yeah. the next generation, you know, that's getting older. Um, so, you know, if you have just a fondness for people, I mean, don't look at them as being old people. Just look at them as being neighbors. Yeah. You know, it, that's what they are. I recently was talking to the mayor elect of Chandler and he goes, I hate the the name seniors. What do you call them? I go, I call them my neighbors, you know, you know, and it is, it's a growing population that, and people are living longer, thankfully with our help, you know, if you remain in your home, you will live longer. The minute you take that individual out of that home, they will probably be dead within six months because the environment is what's keeping them alive, right. you know. Just having that sense of home and right. 
those belongings around them that they've, you know, that they have, you know, special memories of. And, yeah. And yeah. it's also hard to lose their driver's license. Right. That is really a tough thing. And what I tell families, so if anybody out there has a parent that should not be driving, because <laughs> I see them every day, <laughs> call their doctor. Yeah. Let their doctor be the one who takes the driver's license away. Mm-hmm. So it's not a burden on the family members right. because, you know, you don't want them to get in an accident right. or hurt themselves right. or hurt someone else. But yeah, you just want to help your neighbors. That's mm-hmm. how I would view a good volunteer. Yeah. And how do, so for those people who want to be a a participant in the program and need, you know, somebody to come into their home, how do they qualify for your services? How do they get started? Well, it's funny because they never call us. Yeah. It's usually (laughs) a family member or a neighbor. And this is a generation doesn't want to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So it's a little tough. So when we come into their home, we we ask, we talk to them prior to that. We tell them who's coming into their home. And then they come in the home. They do an assessment. What can we get you? They have to be able to get in and out of a vehicle. Doesn't mean they can't have a walker or a cane or anything, but right. they have to be able to get in and out of a vehicle. Uh, we normally don't take people in wheelchairs, but there's always exceptions. We like to say we come from a place of yes. <laughs> so if it's up to the volunteer, if it's foldable and can go in the trunk, that's up to the volunteer. Um, we don't take people in assisted living because they already have their services and that's not our goal. Right. We don't take people with dementia, but once again, sometimes we have them and not aware that they're going into that area. We don't take people with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. It's just a little dangerous for the, the clients. Other than that, over 18 can get in and out of a vehicle. There you go. There's our requirements. Very difficult, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're kind of winding down here with the show. So I just want to give you each um, a little bit of time to talk about, you know, we, we already talked a little bit about volunteers and, and what you're looking for there. But maybe just a little bit about if somebody's listening today, um, Chris and Brandon, and they're thinking, you know what, I this start of the new year. I really want to make some changes in my business. Uh, I may or may not know what those are right now, though. How should they reach out to you? And and what does that look like as far as them reaching out to you? And what can they expect from that? And then um, where can they find you? So obviously, we'll have links and such um, when this uh, radio show goes up on um, phoenixbusinessradiox.com. But if they're just listening right now and they need to get in touch with you right now, um, a little bit about that as well. More than you can uh, find us on Facebook. Also on LinkedIn as well, a website with purpose, LLC.com. What they can expect um, from us is if you're wanting a couple of gentlemen who are truly vested and truly desire to help you and help your business get in the direction you want it and you see it, the dream you have, um, then please give us a call because we would love to help you and, and, and fulfill that dream and fulfill your vision. Mm-hmm. Right. I would add too, um, I use an analogy quite often. And if I can, I'd like to spend the next 45 seconds to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times business owners or people working in a business, um, the analogy would be like sitting in the driver's seat, looking over the hood of the car at the road just in front of them. You only see that day-to-day stuff. Whereas if the head was lifted up, looking at the horizon when we're driving, if business owners were looking that way, just like driving that way, you get to see the full 180 degree peripheral vision that we have. You get to see all the different speed bumps that are coming. So my encouragement for everybody listening and for everybody in the room today is to keep our heads up and to to look at your life and what you want to do with your business, with your life, looking out at the horizon, having a 10-year, 15-year strategic plan or a vision, um, and then allow those goals, find somebody to come alongside, hold you accountable, mentor you. You know, there was a research done and it was shared um, on local news here in Phoenix. 80% of people do not finish their resolutions or their goals by January 12th. <laughs> it's January 10th, yeah. <laughs> which means that most people, they say, will fail by Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. We don't have to. Mm-hmm. We don't have to. If we would hold ourselves accountable or find somebody to hold us accountable to invest, as Brandon was saying, you've got two guys here as well as we have a, a part of a team only here um, that are going to invest in all different a- assets or aspects of the business or the organization, as well as individuals, because we also do personal development as well. Okay, great. 
And Anne-Marie, a little bit about um, if somebody is looking at uh, wanting to either volunteer or donate money, I guess I didn't really even ask if there's other, you know, if a business wants to get involved, if there's any opportunities there, what would you? Yeah, we're actually planning our 12th annual golf tournament. So we're looking for sponsors and players and it's May 11th at Superstition Springs Golf Club. There's all kinds of sponsorships. Should be a, a tea sponsor, a golf, uh, apparel sponsor, a goodie bag sponsor, title sponsor of $5,000. <laughs> but and also there's the charitable tax deduction that okay. you have until April 15th, and it's $400 per individual and $800 per couple, which comes directly off your state income taxes, which oh, is a great way to help yep. your taxes, but help your neighbors as mm-hmm. well. So we're always looking for donations. We're always looking for corporate sponsors Perfect. and individuals to mm-hmm. play in our tournament. So those are some ways. And Marie, on that tax credit, do they just identify that they want that tax credit to go to About Care? Yes, they okay. can. They can do it online at aboutcare.org or just mail us a check. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're, you put our address up for yep. it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and then we will immediately send a receipt so you have it for your taxes. It's just an easy way to give back to your community, plus help yourself as well. So. Right, right. Yeah. And we actually, I had somebody on from um, Diamond J Accounting last episode that was basically talking a lot about those tax credits and saying how, you know, a lot of times when she's, you know, finishing up somebody's taxes at the end of the year, and she says, and this is how much you owe. And they go, what? And she goes, or <laughs> you can make some donations and it's going to come right off of there. And um, so, yeah, so definitely talk to your tax accountant as well. If you gets to that situation and you're like, oh, yeah, whoops, I went to make a donation to. Um, and that's great to know that About Care is one of those qualifying. Yes, we are. Yeah. So. And it's aboutcare.org. Okay, great. And then they can also find you on Facebook, Facebook. Twitter. Okay, yeah. Perfect. Not that I'm a social media person, but... <laughs> It's out there. I hear it's there. there. So, (laughs) well, great. Well, thank you all so much for being here um, in the studio today. It was so exciting to be able to feature about care and to feature what you guys are doing um, for businesses and nonprofits in the community. Um, Like I said, I think when we were talking. Oh, gosh, I I can say now last year when we were talking last year um, about being on the show, just really coming on and kind of kicking things off for 2019 and showing people that, you know, if this is something, if you really are truly wanting to make a difference, then this is the year you say you're going to do it. You know, grab some accountability partners here. Um, If you're wanting to do some more work in your community and give back in your community, definitely reach out to About Care. It's a great way to help your neighbors, like you said. (laughs) So thank you all for joining me today. Um, You've been listening to 3C Amplified, where we share how others are connecting, creating, and collaborating to amplify their impact. And we hope we've inspired you to do the same in your community. Until next time, I'm Jacqueline DeStremps with Another Hand Advantage. Let me help create a marketing strategy to put your organization's mission in front of your target audience and highlight the impact you're having in your community. Visit anotherhandadvantage.com to learn more and connect. Thank you and goodbye until next time. (music) 